Ham. That's just a side of Greenup County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. I have a, we have a sign on either end of Laurel Road giving you directions to the meeting house known as Emmanuel, and we're thankful that you've taken time today to tune in to WGOH to your portion of God's Word. In Galatians chapter 3, there's a particular verse of Scripture that we came across in our studies, on our Wednesday night studies. As we are going through verse by verse in the book of Galatians and these epistles that were written by the Apostle Paul, there's something that really stands out here, and I pray that it will stand out in this congregation today. In verse 22 of Galatians chapter 3, the Bible says, But the Scripture hath concluded... This is God's Word. This is the very voice of the Almighty. The Bible says that the Scriptures have concluded. This is the result. That all under sin. Again, but the Scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. This is a very powerful verse of Scripture. We're going to read the rest of it, but I want you to think about those words that were just said. The Bible declares that all humanity is under the curse of sin. Every person that's been born into this world all the way to the last child that was just born was born in what the Bible declares as sin. Therefore, there needs to be a Savior. There needs to be a saving from the consequence of sin. The Bible says here that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I want to bring a message today simply entitled, That Those Under Sin Might Believe. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne today, we do so with thankful hearts. We thank you, dear God, for your salvation. We thank you, dear God, that you're still saving souls. 
Lord, today we pray for every lost soul in this house. Whether they be here or whether they be in Radio Land, or wherever they may be across this world, Lord, we pray that the power of the Almighty will rest in the words that are spoken here today. Lord, that salvation may come to the lost. Father, I pray today that you would empower that one who's here without Jesus. Lord, to give them the ability to believe and the faith to be saved by your amazing grace. Father, I pray for every lost soul in this house. Lord, that you would quicken them that your Holy Spirit may touch them and bring them to a point where they see for the first time that they stand in great need. Father, I pray for your great salvation to rest in this house. May it fall upon every lost sinner that's here today that your name may be glorified, that your name may be honored in this place. Save souls and save lives. And Father, forgive us our sin. In Jesus Christ's name, and amen. Emmanuel, and our radio audience, our message today is one of great hope. It comes to those, as the Bible declares, who are under sin which according to God's holy word is every person who has come into this old world since Adam and Eve. So this message for those of you who have yet to come to the Savior, whose sin is still charged to your account, whose life still stands against the holy God of heaven's law, so to you is this message sent forth today. Why? So you who are under sin may claim the blessed hope for yourselves. And in so doing, spare yourself from the awful wrath to come. You know, we have heard it said often, that it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It is also a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. Angry because of the sin that humanity is plagued with even today. Angry with the sinner who will not repent and come to Jesus whom God gave that ever soul that comes to Him may live. You know, oftentimes I've heard preachers say, well, God isn't a God of anger, but contrary to that, God's Word says He is. God's Word says He's angry with sin every day. And I believe that goes from the sinner also to the saved sinner. 
But one thing's for sure. That the sin of the sinner, the sin of the unrepented sinner, is what God is completely abhorred with even at this hour. He sent His Son to die on the cross of Calvary that people just like you and I may be saved by God's amazing grace. We sing that song from time to time, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Folks, I want you to know something if you've ever been saved by the grace of God, you know the song, how it hits your chords of your heart. Because you know without a shadow of a doubt that it was God's Spirit that quickened you as it speaks of in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. That brought you to a place where you could see yourself the way God sees you. And that's what I'm praying for in this house today. That the lost may see themselves as God sees them. In a dreadful, dreadful place. Listen, I want you to know today that there's hope in God's Word. I don't want to beat you down today. I want you to, I want you to, I want you to hear God's Word and be lifted up. Amen? I want you to know that there's hope in the Lord. There's hope in the salvation that God provides through His Son, Jesus Christ, but it's only to those who believe. The Apostle Paul, as he spoke to the Philippian jailer, as, as they had had their, their singing and their praise and their praying. Listen, the, the Bible speaks of the fact that the, the jail began to shake and it began to quake to a point that all the prisoners were freed. This man, knowing his position and knowing the condemnation that he was immediately placed upon, if, if any one of those men had escaped, he was, his life would have been taken. So he was willing to take his own life. But after Paul announced the fact that they were all there, there was something that happened to that man. He saw a difference in people. He saw a difference in what the Lord can do to individuals. And this man simply said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? You know what? I've been asked that question many times. I've had young people to come to me and ask me, what does it mean to be saved? And how can I be saved? The first thing you've got to realize is that you're a sinner. A sinner who's in need of salvation. A sinner who needs to, the saving grace of Almighty God. The first thing I want you to recognize today is that the Holy Scripture's declaration is that all are under sin. This means every person born into this world. Galatians 3 and 22, the first part, the Bible says this, But the Scripture hath concluded that all are under sin. You may have a moral, you may have a high moral integrity about you. You may be in the eyes of this world a pretty good person. 
But if you've never been forgiven of your sin, you're even now under the weight of condemnation. The Bible speaks in Romans in chapter 8 and verse 1 about that very condemnation. Those that are saved are, are freed from that condemnation, which tells me that those who are unsaved are still condemned and they live with the plight of being condemned as a lost sinner. The Bible says in Romans in chapter 8 and verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. That tells me this, that those who are not in Christ Jesus today are standing condemned before the Holy God of heaven. You know what it means to be condemned. It means to be guilty before the holy God of heaven. It means to stand in account that your sins are placing you in a place called the devil's hell. It's your sins that have made you guilty before the holy God of heaven. It's your sins that's going to send you to hell if you never repent of your sin. And that, my friend, is according to God's holy word. And every unbeliever in this house today is under sin. Today you need a reprieve. You need, a, you need not the justice of God upon you, but that's what you'll get if you die in your sins. What you need today is the, is the, is the salvation of the Lord. What you need today is, is Jesus Christ coming into your heart and changing you and saving you by His amazing grace. That's what you need today. You see, you may be sitting here today of high moral integrity. There's something to be said about integrity. I'll be honest with you, it's a lost thing in this dying world today. Integrity is a lost cause. And, and in many cases, it's a shame that that even among God's people there is, there is this lack of integrity. But integrity is something that is to be highly spoken of. Do you have it today? Well, let me tell you something. Even if you have a high moral integrity about yourself, you're still a sinner in need of salvation. Amen? You still need to know the Lord as your Savior. According to this world, you may be a pretty good person. Some may even dare to call you good. But God's Word says there is none that is good. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They're all gone astray is what the Bible says about the lost sinner. Now I ask you today, do you understand where you stand right now? As you said in this house of God, do you understand the position that you're in? Romans in chapter 3, the Bible tells us exactly where your position is in life. It says this in verse 9. Now get a hold of this. In verse 9, and also I want you to look at verse 19 to begin with. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith them to, that are under the law. That every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. 
My friend, today you need to know that you're guilty before the Holy God of Heaven. You in this house today, maybe you're a young person, maybe you're, maybe you're a person, uh, maybe you've already made a profession of faith and, and, uh, and you, you know deep down in your heart that there's nothing there. Folks, you're, you're staying guilty before the Holy God of Heaven today because our professions of faith without Jesus Christ in our hearts mean absolutely nothing to the God of Heaven. As a matter of fact, the God of Heaven says there's going to be many profess My name in that day. And what's He going to say unto them? Depart from Me, you worker of iniquity. Why? Because I never knew you. Why? Because they never had the blood applied. All they had was a verbal connection to God. Folks, I want you to know something. A verbal connection to God is nothing without something in the heart. Without salvation being there, there is nothing there. And therefore you stand guilty before the Holy God of Heaven. In Romans 3 and verse 9 and 10, the Bible says this, What then? Are we better than they, knowing no wise? For we have before proved, both Jew and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. They're all under sin. Think about it. Where are you right now? Right now, as a lost sinner, you stand condemned before the Holy God of Heaven. The Bible says in verse 10, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. On over in Romans in chapter 2 and verses 1 down through verse 3, the Bible says, Therefore, thou art inexcusable, man, whosoever thou art that judgest for that wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest dost the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and dost the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Listen, I want you to know today that as a sinner without the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will stand in judgment one day if you die in your sins. Verse 23 of Romans in chapter 3 says this, now get a hold of it, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, everyone here today, whether you're a great sinner or a sinner of lesser degree, all are under, or all are in danger of dying in your sin and finding your eternal abode in a place that was designed for the devil himself. A place called hell. If you have not repented and know the Lord is your Savior, that's what awaits you. The law of God has already made you guilty. The law of God says that you stand before Him as a guilty individual. We see that in Romans 3.19. That all the world may become guilty before God. Where do you stand today, sinner friend? We look back to the book of Romans in chapter 1. The Bible says in verse 20, 
For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Think about who has understanding today. It's not the animal kingdom. It's the humans. Humanity is given this understanding today just by looking at creation. You see, the animals don't understand that. They don't look at creation and say, God is my creator. But man, man is given that influence. Man is given that influence that they may stand before God guilty in a day yet coming. Because the creation itself says, I am here. The creation itself says, God is to be feared. And the creation itself says that there's a Savior who came to be born of a woman, born of a virgin, who came to give His life for ransom for those who would come. Romans in chapter 1 again in verse 21. Well, verse 20, the latter part of it, we'll we'll read the whole verse. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Today, if you're here, you're lost in your sins. You die in that position. The Bible says you're without excuse. As a matter of fact, every person in this house today is living. You stand before the holy God of heaven without any excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and in their foolish heart was darkened. You know the danger of resisting the God of heaven's gospel? Do you understand the danger of continuing to turn away from the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ? The Bible says here, that they became vain in their imaginations. In other words, many people today are thinking vain imaginations and thinking that I'm going to live forever. Isn't that what young people believe? I mean, you can just look at the lives that they live and they, they like they're, they throw all danger to the wind. And they think I'm going to live forever. Well, folks, I'll be honest with you. You are going to live forever. Your soul's going to exist for all eternity. There may come a time when these old bodies lay down in death, but listen, I want you to know that that soul is going to go on living. The Bible speaks about that very fact with the rich man and Lazarus. And the Bible states that the rich man died and lifted up his eyes being in torment. You know what? It wasn't his body that was in torment. It was his soul. His body is still waiting for that time of that second resurrection when that body and that soul is going to be reunited and they're both going to be cast into the lake of fire. Folks, I want you to know something. There's suffering like you've never seen before. Oh, friend, today, would you not know, would you not now see the condemnation and the wretched state that you're even now in? 
Know that you're a sinner in need of God's salvation. The Savior is the only hope. John 14 and 6, Jesus Christ states it very plainly. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father but by me. You're never going to go to heaven without Jesus Christ and His crucifixion. You're never going to see heaven without the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus in your life. The Bible states in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, if you'll look at that with me for just a moment, because I want you to know there's only one way to Jesus. There's only one way to salvation. The Bible says neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Oh, my friend today, He is the only means of salvation. You need that salvation because right now you're under sin and sin's penalty. What is sin's penalty? Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. Listen, according to God's Word, death will not come to the soul of the redeemed. The soul of the redeemed will live on forever. The Bible states of Lazarus, he lifted up his eyes and you know where he was at? He was in Abraham's bosom. You know where he's at today? He's still in heaven. You know where he's going to be a thousand years from today? He's going to be in heaven. Do you know where he's going to be millennia from today? He'll be in heaven for millions and millions. And well, there is no number that can be explained to give you the infinity of heaven. It is for all time. But think about hell. The awful place that awaits the lost sinner. But I want you to notice something else. Now listen. At the first part of this sermon, in Galatians in chapter 3, we see that every individual is under the weight of sin. Every person that has been born into this world is born into sin. Therefore, you need a Savior. You know what the Bible does? The Bible offers hope. God's Word offers hope today. We see from our text in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 22 that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. There's the hope. Believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. As I've said, I've had young people to ask me, how is it that you're saved? How, how, what makes you saved? Believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believing what He done for you on Calvary. Knowing that He died for your sins. He paid your sin debt. He was buried and rose again the third day for your justification. That's what you must believe in order to be saved. That's the hope of glory. That's the hope of salvation. That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. This, dear sinner friend, is the great gift given to lost humanity. The gift of faith. 
In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The thing I want you to listen to today is there is a gift that's given to lost humanity. It's the gift of faith. God gifts that to you today. Romans in chapter 4, if you'll go back there with me and look at this for just a moment in Romans 4. Begin reading at verse 13 with me. And I want you to think about this as we read about the life of Abraham and, and the life of faith. I want you to think about this. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath. You see, the law makes you guilty. The law makes you feel the weight of sin upon you. Just like it's doing today. At least that's what I'm praying for. That God's Holy Spirit is making you feel the wrath and the weight of sin upon you. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be of grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that which also is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him who he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope. You see, this is what I want you to listen to today. Today, the devil may be talking to you and saying, listen, you have no hope. But the Lord's Word says there is hope in Him. That He might become the Father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, which was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was made strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded, see, that's what faith does for you. Faith will fully persuade you that you're saved by God's amazing grace. The faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and His crucifixion and resurrection, listen, gives you the weight of power that will leave you persuaded that the promise was made to you. And therefore, it was imputed unto Him for righteousness. Now it was not written for His sake alone, that it was imputed to Him, but for us also. You and I that are here today, that this faith may come to those who are in need, to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on Him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again 
for our justification. What a wonderful gift which was and has been given to lost humanity. Oh, the hope that it offers to all who will come unto Him. John 6, 44. Jesus Christ once again speaking. Turn there with me, please. John 6, 44. No man come to me. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. Verse 65 says, And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. You know, that's what I'm praying today. That the Holy God of Heaven will grab a hold of your heart and touch it to make you alive. I'm not talking about your physical heart. I'm talking about the spiritual side of you. Because if the spiritual side is never awakened, if it's never quickened by the God of heaven, listen, you will never come to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what my prayer is today, that He will touch you. He will make you alive. What's it say in Ephesians chapter 2? If you'll turn there, please. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. Bible says in youth hath he quickened who those of us who are saved by God's amazing grace right now it wasn't anything that you did it was what he did for you as he touched you and made you see for the first time that you was in need you see that's what the touch of the master's hand does it causes you to understand that you're in need today you know, as I, many times as I'm preaching, and I see lost sinners and there is absolutely nothing there, it's because God has never touched your heart. Folks, I want you to know something. I'm praying that God touches hearts here today. Amen? I'm praying God touches hearts today. I'm praying for your children. I'm praying for your teenagers. I'm praying for your your, your loved ones. I'm praying for your husbands, for your wives that are lost and undone. I'm praying God will touch you today. What will happen in that touch? You'll be quickened and made alive. It's just like it says in verse 4, but God. Yes, Brother Jamie, and those are two words that I've always loved in my ministry because it's got me through a lot of tough times. As I look at the times when I was feeling maybe sorry for myself, I'd look and I'd look at those times when I was dead in trespasses and sins. And I'd look at the times when I felt like I was all alone. Then I'd see those words, but God. Folks, it means everything in the world. It's like I told him that day, he sent me that text. I said those two words make everything possible. Friend, I want you to know something. 
Had it not been for God's amazing grace, every last one of us would still be on our way to hell. But God. Amen? But God. But God. Romans in chapter 10, the Bible states this, But what saith it? Verse 8, The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. You know, that's a, that's a thing about salvation. One thing about it, the gospel message is there, and it's not to be, it's not to be said that you never heard it because you heard it. You know, oftentimes I've heard people say of the gospel that it's only meant for those who are saved. Well, no, it's meant for every person that's born into this world. The thing about God's Word is it's either a savor of life unto life or a savor of death unto death. It's either a curse to you or it's a gift to you. What are you going to use it for today? The Word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the Word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You want to know how to be saved? Listen to those words right there. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord is over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on Him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Listen, I'm bringing you glad tidings today of really good things. That salvation is here today. That the hope is in the Word of God today. And the hope states that without Jesus, listen, you're not going to know the joys of salvation, but with, with Jesus, the hope of His salvation is there for you. Verse 17 or 16 says, But they have not all, all obeyed. You know what? I see that every time I walk out these church doors. They've not all obeyed. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? You know, as I, I plead with you today, and I, I want you to believe the report that God gives. The report that God gave of His Son. As a matter of fact, the Bible speaks about that in, in 1 John there's a reason why people go to hell because they don't believe the report that God gave of His only Son. Do you today believe in the report that God has given? 
So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You know, people ask me time to time, where does faith come from? You see this old book right here? This is where faith comes from, from hearing God's Word. That's the reason why Paul stated in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 that he wasn't ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it was the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. The key. Do you believe? To the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'll say it all because there was a time when a man ridiculed me for not saying all that. But I want you to know today that Jesus is here to save. He'll save all that will come unto Him. And He will in no wise cast out any that come to Him. Now lastly, I want you to think about this. We see from our text the hope realized. This is where salvation is. You see, the hope offered was the Gospel message. How that Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. How He shed His precious blood. Was buried and rose again. Now the hope realized is believing on that Scripture. You see, believing is what changes everything. Believing is what makes difference between life and death. Believing is what makes a difference between heaven and hell. It's believing. After the quickening of the Spirit, mankind's hope may be realized. Listen. I go back for just a moment. I'm not going to read the rest of the, the Galatian study, uh, verse down through verse 29, but it's only acceptable to read again verse 22. But the Scripture have concluded, number one, here's the problem, all are under sin. Number two, there's hope offered. It's through believing, there's through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And number three, it's given to them that believe. After the quickening of the Spirit, mankind's hope could be re realized without a doubt. Ephesians chapter 1, the Bible states this, listen, in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. Verse 7 says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. You see, that's where, that's where Romans 8.1 comes in. The place where there's no more condemnation is only to those who have trusted the Lord as their Savior, who has been to Jesus and pled that forgiveness. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1-7 through seven is all about the salvation of the Lord being realized by the sinner. But God, I love this again, who is rich in mercy 
For His great love will with Thee love us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. For by grace are you saved. Sinner friend, God's Spirit not only makes you aware of your own inadequacy to save yourself, but it directs us to the only hope of salvation. I read unto you just a moment ago, John 6, 44, how that no man can come unto the Father except he be drawn. Listen. The Song of Solomon in chapter 1 and verse 4, the very first part of it says, Draw me, and we will run after thee. You know what? That's what happens in real salvation. When an individual is drawn unto the Lord, there is absolutely nothing that will stand in the way of Him coming to Him. I've heard people say, well, I'm going to refuse it. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. You're not going to do anything but submit unto that Holy Spirit's power. Listen. I'm praying for you today. As one old preacher said, I'm gunning for you. Hey, I'm praying the Lord will come and touch your heart today. Make you aware of the fact that you're in need. Because those who are and see that need, they come quickly to the Father. Will you not today come unto Him? John chapter 14. The Bible states, Let not your hearts be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. He says, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also, folks. That's the joys of salvation. Knowing the forgiveness of the Lord. Knowing that He has forgiven you and cleansed you of all unrighteousness, as far as your penal judgment is concerned. Sure, we still have to deal with the sins of our lives in our day-to-day walk. There's consequences for sin in our everyday walk. But as far as heaven and hell is concerned, listen, heaven is our abode. If you're saved by God's amazing grace, heaven is for you. But if you're not, you die in your sins. There's only one thing that awaits you. And that's the devil and hell. In Philippians in chapter, chapter 3, I'm going to close with this. Verse 12 says, Not as though I have already obtained, either have were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Paul knew that he was apprehended. Listen, he was captured. And every one of us that's been saved by God's amazing grace, we've been captured by the Holy Spirit of God. Brethren, I can't not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, 
forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Today, I want you to know something. The plague was that every one of us were under sin. But then, there was hope offered through Jesus Christ and His crucifixion and resurrection. And hope offered is to those who will come unto Him. And then you see hope realized. That's when salvation comes in. Have you trusted the Lord as your Savior today? I would implore you today to come unto Him. Turn from your sin. You say, preacher, I'm not that sinful. Just the fact that you've been born into this world makes you a sinner in need of Jesus. So I'd say today, come unto Him and be saved by God's amazing grace. Let's all stand, please.